so why don't we um okay so why don't we set this up why don't we do a little intro about ourselves uh and then so why don't why don't i start it off and then yeah. we'll intro ourselves so if imagine we've done the hi welcome to because i'll record that offline right so uh right how about something like hi and welcome to sound discussion each episode we discuss a music topic which we have all had first-hand experience with these will be anything from getting started, recording, playing live, mixing, mastering, and everything in between. Most episodes, we will have a special guest to bring their professional experience to the discussion. So, let's get started. So I'm here with Nate and Neil. Uh, it's the first ever hey. episode. How are you all doing, guys? Great. Doing good. Fantastic. Uh, obviously, nobody knows who we are. So why don't we do a little round the table, uh, introducing ourselves and, you know, why, why we started this in the first place and then go from there. And I'm just going to go in order of my screen so I can see Nate. How you doing, my friend? Why don't you do a little background on you and we'll go around the, around the group. Right on. Uh, hi, I'm Nate and I live in Cleveland. Uh, it's a beautiful place to live and it's getting cold up here. So yeah, welcome to almost winter. Um, I've been a musician pretty much my entire life, um, but the audio portion of it has been a new venture for me in the last 10 years. Um, I've played violin since I was a kid, picked up a guitar in high school, as one usually does, and that kind of really solidified my love for songwriting and um, being in bands. That's That was my mainstay in college and post-college was playing in bands. That's how I kind of tied my identity to music. Um, and then right before I had a kid, uh, so 2016, I finally wanted to get into the home recording thing. I knew plenty of people that, that had home recording rigs, and I had been in plenty of studios. But up until that point, I always felt like it was something that I wasn't able to do kind of unattainable and I don't know why but for whatever reason I said you know what now is the time um, I'm getting ready to have a child and I don't want to play in bands really anymore so I invested in some basic startup equipment uh, really basic stuff like literally a, a two-channel interface and an SM57 type of thing and it just kind of started from there and I can't stop uh, I love doing this. I love recording. I love producing music for other people. And this podcast kind of came from that. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about me. Uh, Neil. Nice. Nice. Um, I'm Neil Merchant. Um, I'm from sunny Florida. <laughs> Not cold. Not cold. Not cold at all. No, I'm wearing a jacket. <laughs> it's it's because it's cold inside. <laughs> Um, cause we like to, we like our air conditioning. Um, yeah, no, I've lived in Florida my whole life, um, in Tampa, Florida. And, uh, my journey has been all over the place with music. Uh, let's start from the beginning. I, was, I started playing the trumpet in the fourth grade. Yay. <laughs> and, uh, then I moved to piano and then guitar and fell in love with like grunge, alternative rock, nineties rock music. I know it's not everybody's favorite, but it's my favorite. 
because that's what I grew up listening to. And uh, I wanted to play Come As You Are so bad on the guitar. I had no idea what I was doing. I was playing with my thumb, the notes on my left hand. And it's just, <laughs> just wanting to just had that hunger to, to learn how to play guitar. And then uh, I was in, I was in growing up in, in middle school and high school, I was in so many different, like just stupid bands, but, but it, I was in bands. Um, one of them was called Merd, which is shit in French. And we sounded like what? shit. <laughs> we were a hardcore rock band. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, my claim to fame in that era was um, we used to um, play. We used to open up for um, local bands. Uh, one of them made it big. Um, uh, Under Oath. Um, they're kind of a metal band. Um, none of the members are the, are the same now today. But um, <laughs> that's my claim to fame. We also, um, but yeah, I played in like metal bands throughout like the late nineties and. Um, and then I got married, <laughs> got married, had a kid and all the music stuff kind of went on the back burner for a while. A lot of things went on the back burner for a while. And then, uh, and then I, I found, I found, I just wanted to record a song. And I think that's how we all kind of start. It's like, Hey, I, how do how do I record this song? I, I've got a song. I want to record it. Um, I will never play that song for anybody because it's, terrible <laughs> but yeah can you imagine you're like playing your first song that you recorded but but i i looked it up um i i started uh investigating how to do it i came across graham cochran uh five minutes to a better mix and i'm like that just looks cool i want to do that right and then i came across joe and they're talking about buying an interface so i went to guitar center bought a two-channel um, M audio. Um, I don't even know what it was just a piece of junk, but it worked. And I bought a cheap, I think $40 condenser microphone. And before that, I think I was using just some other microphone that I had playing around. Um, but I got into it. I got into, Oh, it came with pro tools SE, which was like, you didn't even have a mix window version of pro tools it was just the tracks and you had a limit of eight tracks only one of them could be an instrument track and i recorded the shit out of that thing i just kept recording and recording and that's where i learned i just i just kept watching youtube video oh i want to try that trick that that graham just did oh yeah and then it took me on a journey of upgrading studio and this was back in i think 2012 maybe 2013, all this, maybe 11, I don't remember, somewhere around that time. And then joined Home Studio Corner. Um, ben, when did you join? Oh, it must have been, must have been somewhere around there, I'd have thought. Yeah, it's yeah. Because I, 2013, 2014, I'd have to look back. Something like been, that. Joe did that not long ago, didn't he? And it's quite a while now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, just for the listeners, uh, you know, Neil mentioned Joe, and that person is Joe Gilder of Home Studio Corner, and that's that's really how we all met. Yeah, uh, absolutely. That's that's we all found our way to that community, and uh, it stuck. You know, um, for one reason or another, I know that I found Joe through YouTube videos, and he mm -hmm. was the first person that made sense. With you know, drinking from the YouTube fire hose. 
he was the first person that, yeah, that made yeah. sense and it clicked with me. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I also, um, got into dueling mixes for a while. That was a, that was a really, that had really opened up, um, my mixing abilities and, um, that was a, that was, I wish they were still doing that. That was so much fun. Um, dueling mixes. It was a cool um, concept for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I actually, I remember the first time I got to meet Joe Gilder and, uh, Graham Cochran in Tampa, they had like a dueling mixes meetup and I want a microphone. Oh, that's, that's cool. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like it was just a, it was just a really cool experience. And then, um, I had taken a couple trips to, to Nashville to hang out with him a few times and just for vacation. And then we all met up in Nashville. We did. We did this past May. Which May of 2023. Which was really good. It was, uh, it was, it was so, it so, was so nice to out. meet everybody and all of you. Yeah. It and was that, a great, that, great meetup. Yeah. And that's where we got the idea for this podcast. <laughs> Sure is sitting in a bar drinking beers. That was how right. okay. as most ideas tend to come out on a literal bar napkin. Always, Ben. So tell us about yourself. What yeah, brought so, you to this yeah. community? What brought me to this community? So I um I grew up in a county called Hampshire in England, and I figured out very quickly that. Uh, instruments were really complicated because they had notes and chords and stuff. Uh, whereas if I picked up some drumsticks, that is by far the easier option of that. Uh, turned out, it's going to sound terrible, but it turns out I was all right at it, did okay, picked it up really quickly. Um, my, I was so lucky. My parents bought me a drum kit when I was 11 um, and then put up with the incessant noise that that brings, even with tea towels over the, every drum head and you know, it, it's just noisy. Um, and then I had drum lessons. Uh, I actually, and I'd recommend this for anyone. I joined the Hampshire Youth Orchestra um, and learned the discipline that is playing drums in an orchestra. You play what is written when it's written it and you don't play when it says you don't play. Uh, and that was really um, eye-opening in there are times where a drummer shouldn't do anything. Um right. And then I've just played drums ever since. Uh, so that was when I was 11. I'm now 50, still playing drums, still doing all the things that drummers do, tapping on every surface that I can find just to annoy my <laughs> wife. Um, and my legs, if there isn't a surface to tap on. So, uh, yeah, that was basically me. I've been lucky enough to record in some lovely places along the years playing drums. Um, and then about 10 years ago, well, 12 years ago, I, fell into mastering and because I had, I'd always, so growing up, I'd always wanted to record my own songs and didn't play any instruments, didn't know how to do it. Back then getting a computer to work with no latency. So you can press a key on a MIDI keyboard and it comes out in real time with a sound was horrendously complicated. Not today. Very simple today. Um, so I never really got there. My, one of my best friends growing up had a studio that actually had bands come in eight, uh, eight track, two inch recorder, 16 channel desk, spent a lot of time in there figuring out how that worked with them. Uh, also my drum kit lived in there for a bit cause it was a handy place to go and go and practice. Um, and then I, as I say, I fell into mastering because I'd created a song and then I didn't really know what happened from that point. Um, 
and I sort of started looking into it and I found Ian Shepherd, who is one of the best mastering engineers, certainly in the UK. He, um, he has a brilliant home mastering masterclass that I took 12 years ago, um, and never looked back. And now I do mastering most of the time for people all over the world and then drums when it comes up. So that's me. And you're cool. brilliant at it. Yeah. Oh, Which as, as the Brits would the say. <laughs> <laughs> the mastering Which, and the drumming. Yeah. The drumming, I would say, uh, you know, I'm okay as a drummer. You know, I, there are, I know there's way better drummers out there than me. And that's... Oh, um, sure. There's way better anybody out there. Yeah, yeah. Know, right? I mean... Mastering but, is the bit that I've really fallen into, fallen into love with, really. I, I just find it such a... I love the process of getting something and then by usually by small steps, you can just change it to be something else. I think that's the interesting thing about our journeys uh, as musicians in that you figure something out and you think, that's incredible. I'm incredible. I'm a genius. And then you quickly realize that you're not none of those things, but it makes you want to step forward and keep going and, and reach that next level that next uh that that next achievement mm. uh, at least it was for me um i, I kept going and I, I just wanted to keep learning those new things um that that was what propelled me forward yeah definitely and i think the thing that i found really interesting is the more i learn about the other parts of the recording process the better it makes me at the bit that i sort of have ended up specializing in so the more I understand how a mix goes together, the more I understand that when, if I have a client send me something for mastering and I think, right, you know, that they need to fix this in the mix because it's not ready for mastering. It's not just, oh, your bass is too loud. You know, you can actually say, you can help them with the frequencies that are causing problems or whatever it is, because I've got a better understanding of mixing. And I think, uh, I think, Nate, you were saying the other day when you saw my mastering process, it was like, Oh, okay. Then right. it, it, when you're mixing, you can do some things that help that last step of the process. Well, yeah, I've always been intrigued by mastering. It's not something I want to do, but I think that uh, from a mix perspective, there are things that, that a mixing engineer can learn as sort of pre-mastering steps, right? Because we've all been taught or have heard of uh, top-down mixing, you know, applying things on your two boss, your mix boss, your two mix, whatever you call it. Mm -hmm. And those are sort of like pre-mastering steps. Those are things that you're doing to the stereo track that you could technically say you could leave for mastering, right? To, to complete a mix, doing all of your processing to your individual tracks is really all you need to do to mix a song, to balance it. Anything yeah. beyond that. You could yeah, that's say, well, that's, yeah. that, that's for the mastering engineer. But to to really get your your song, your production, your mix, whatever, to that final step to where a mastering engineer only needs to maybe adjust the volume and some very minor tweaks, like that is that is something that I've been trying to get to. That's a point I've been trying to get to um, in my mixes. And I'm not there, but it's fun and and it's exciting to interface with a, a mixing a mastering engineer 
uh, to work with them and figure out how they listen to things and and take those nuggets of, of wisdom and, and apply that to my mix. That That's exciting for me. And so, probably a definite topic for an episode. Yeah. Yeah, because it's one of the things that I always struggled with with mastering was I'd always screw it up. I'd always screw up my mix make it, somehow. Make it worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah make it worse. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, I got this mix really good. Now it's time to, to, to sit down and master it. And then I go to master it and it's like, um, it sounded better when I mixed it than when I... <laughs> so I just slap before. a limiter on it and throw it out there for the world to hear. <laughs> but I, I like... But when I started having Ben um, master my stuff, I was like, oh, that sounds better than my mix. Oh, I'm glad I had him do that. Right. That, that sounds that better in my of, car now. How did, how did they do that? It sounds better. And I didn't know it could sound better. And and sometimes that it's also the, yeah. And sometimes it's also like somebody else hearing your song. Like having, if you're working on the song from beginning to end, you're only stuck in your like point of view of the song. And sometimes you don't see the flaws, right? And so like having another person work, yeah, having another person work on your song, um, it gives another perspective of it. And usually if you work together, you can get the song sounding really, really good. I think that's definitely a takeaway for every step in the song creation process. You know, if you've written a song, if you're a songwriter and you've written a song to then work with a producer will bring more to that song than you can bring on your own. That immediate second pair of ears of, yeah, it's good, but what if we stepped into the chorus like this? Or whether it's a, however that is. And then again, when the producers put it together and works with a mix engineer, the mix engineer will then bring the, oh, look, we can throw the reverb for the backing vocals far out to the side, you know, and give it some depth and front to back depth as well as side to side. So... And then again, once the mix is done, then the mastering engineer, it's, as you say, it's all about those extra pair of ears. And it's one of the things that I really loved about Home Studio Corner, just touching on Home Studio mm-hmm. Corner again. Sorry, Joe. Yeah. Hug. Um, <laughs> well, we're definitely going to have to have him as a guest. We'll have to get him on. Yes. Yes. Otherwise, yeah. be rude. <laughs> um, he'd, he'd find it rude if we didn't invite him. Right. Um, <laughs> we, uh, one of the things I loved immediately was, uh, so when I first started, when I first started writing my songs and trying to get people to play instruments that I can't play, so that's everything but drums, uh, I reached out to Simon Kolstad in Sweden, an amazing guitarist, to play guitar. The guitar track he sent back was not what I had heard in my head at all, but was fundamentally better than what I heard in my head because a guitarist had approached it like a guitarist instead of like a drummer thinking he knows what a guitarist would play. And that's... As you say, it's all that bringing all those bits together and allowing them the freedom to just do their bit instead of saying, right, I want you to play this. Just say, hey, Ben, I need a drum track for this and Mm -hmm. let a drummer then play the drums for it. Or, you know, hey, Nate, I need some violin to go on here. I'm not going to tell you what notes I want you to play. Just you play what you feel. And that's where everything then grows, doesn't it? It all suddenly becomes better. It becomes larger than those individual parts. And if it's and if it's not what you're looking for or whatever, like you can discuss that and try again or or try something different and work together on to get it correct. And I, I know like there's some people that are 
thick skin and really hard to take that sort of feedback from other people. And so they'd sit in their uh, little home studio and, and only work on their own music and they never share it to other people to get feedback from, usually because they don't want to hear it. <laughs> but it's hard sometimes. It is hard sometimes. It's, it's really difficult. And I remember but, getting yeah, feedback to- on, on something I wrote and getting negative feedback. And I'm like, hmm, well, fine. I'm going to go back to my studio because I like it, you know, and, and that was the wrong way to go about it. Yeah. It's, I remember reading some, uh, I read an article with someone that it was talking about mastering and they were saying, if you sit at home and think that your track sounds great, you've mastered your own track and it sounds great in your studio and you put it in the car and it sounds terrible. It, and then you think, well, it sounds great at home. That's your problem. Because if everything you're listening to on your car stereo sounds good, apart from yours, the problem is yours, not everybody else's. So they were basically, the article was saying, go in your studio and just listen to released music because mm, that yeah. is what it should sound like. So yeah. if you're saying, oh, but mine's got more bass than the released music, well, it's probably wrong because there's a reason that the released music has that amount of bass when you listen to it. So yeah. it was just a really interesting article around you have to be accepting of your limitations as well as learning the bits that enable you to understand better how it should be. Mm-hmm. And that's, that that's an, and a lot of people stress so much over, oh, I need to get my room treated. I need to get this. I need to get that. I mean, a little bit of treatment is good so that you can you know get the regular reflections. But what you were saying, let's listen to professionally recorded and mastered music on your system so that you Absolutely. learn your speakers and how it's supposed to sound good. So, yeah. one, and once you, you know, oh, oh, that's what it's supposed to sound like. Just listen to your favorite records, listen to your favorite songs on your speakers. That's, that's the only room correction you need. Yeah. In your mix position. And yep. I stress with the volume turned down. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to be listening to it too loud because your ears will naturally compress that and you'll get uh, an yeah. unbalanced and you And any sound. imperfection in your room acoustics are just made worse the more you turn it up. The more it bounces off the back wall, the more you mm-hmm. get second reflections having come back off the back wall, now hitting the side wall again. Just turn the volume down. It takes a lot of the room out of what you're hearing. That and I think also like the louder the music is, correct me if I'm wrong, that like the EQ curve on the music that you're listening to gets more hyped, the highs and the lows or something like that. Yeah. So, so, yeah, the, so if you're listening to the more loud you turn music, it up, it's going to sound good. But yeah, the more you turn it up, the better it sounds. I've used air quotes there because it only sounds better because it's louder. It doesn't actually sound better. Well, I mean, that plays into another whole topic that that we'll dive into, which is compression, right? The mystical art of compression and the fact that adding a compressor uh, sometimes makes things sound better because you're simply just turning up the volume. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And all those YouTube videos of comparing equipment, A being or A, B, Cing something, and it's just a little bit louder, so it sounds better. So you get that... uh, that impression that something sounds better when really it's just louder. doesn't sound any better. Steven Slate plugins. <clears throat> sorry. Nah. <laughs> We're going to have to edit that bit out. <laughs> oh, he's, never, he's never coming on now. <laughs> he's, no, we lost that guest. <laughs> it's, uh, it is true though, that I think um, one of the first things I learned many, many years ago was 
the the importance of level matching what you're trying to listen to because Absolutely. i i was amazed at the difference one db will make to your ears you cannot move the eq at all turn it up one db and play them you won't notice it audibly being louder but your your brain will tell you it sounds better and you haven't done anything apart from turn it up uh, i think ian uh in shepherd's got a video on it somewhere or it might have been joe did a video on it where that's all he did just turned it up one db played it back and it sounds better it doesn't yeah. obviously it's exactly the same mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean th these are all great topics that i think we'll cover in future episodes um i know we uh i know we walked through a few of them uh when we were getting this together which uh looking forward to doing them all they all sound I think the thing we, and I'm speaking for all three of us, but chip in guys when you do, I think the thing we wanted from this podcast was just an honest discussion about a topic each time with no bias about, you know, it's whether it's level, uh, whether it's gain staging, there's no, you're right to do it. You're wrong to do it. It's more, this is what it is. This is what it yeah. does. This and is also, how we would use it. And right. but that, we're not saying that's the right way to use it. We're saying, that's how it works for us because for everything there is no right way if you get yeah. an end result that is a great song well mixed well mastered and released nobody cares how you got there no one cares what equipment you used to make it no one cares which plugins you had or guitar you used they just hear the final result and so i think that's what we all wanted to sort of do in each episode wasn't it just have that yeah hey and also from three different perspectives too like yeah. we've got the mastering engineer drummer and we've got the music producer mix engineer and then i i do live music so i could kind of chime in with that too yeah you know and hopefully we have the uh the honor of having a guest with us uh, on some episodes who yeah. might be an expert in their field uh on that topic so uh, that is something, yeah, I think that, that Ben said it best, that that is definitely something that we want to get out of this podcast. And it's not a matter of right or wrong. It's not a matter of do this, don't do that. It's presenting the arguments on either side of that topic and letting you, the listener, decide, well, here's the information. Is this what I want to do or is this how I want to go about something? Or maybe I thought that this was the way I want to do it, but now with this new information, I'll try something different. Yeah. And I think, I don't think there'll be any one of us saying you have to go out and buy this piece of hardware. You have to go out and buy this. I don't, you know, that's not where any of us have come from. I think that's the, one of the nice things is we're all, we're all fairly well down this journey and we're all doing a great job at the bits that we do. And I don't suppose any of us have ever, I mean, I'm sure we used to say, I won't get better unless I have, or I can't do this unless I've got a Apogee interface, because that's what the pros use. So you can only sound like a pro if you've got an Apogee. None of us are there anymore, yeah. are we? I mean, no. I, think, I think we've I, all been in our early days. Yeah. Yeah. All of us in our early days. But I think now we've oh, all yeah. got past that. And it's like, actually, you know, if you've got a $350 Les Paul, you can record a brilliant guitar track Absolutely. with it. Absolutely, because the musicianship guitarist. and the songwriting—that's what matters. Like if you listen yeah. to some of the, even some of the records back in in the '90s, and some some of the I was I was watching an interview um, on uh, Better Than Ezra's singer, 
and he's like, it's all about songwriting. He does, he actually does songwriting on the side and he's gotten a few Grammys and stuff like that from other artists and whatnot. But he was saying that like, if you listen back to the, to, 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 to the recording and the, and the mixing of, of our albums, it's absolute garbage. He's like, but it's the songwriting, like it's the hook. It's, you know, good living with you. You know, it's, it's, it's the catch. It's the hook. It's the songwriting. Wow. It's, that's that's what yeah oh thanks not bad <laughs> no round of applause yeah. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be doing that boys there'll be no nope, singing um, for me. you won't hear me singing that's for sure no, there'll be none of that so we'll uh, we'll spare the world that in a podcast <laughs> you don't need that <laughs> don't need that in your life um look i think i think it's going to be really good i think we're going to have some interesting topics as you say hopefully we'll get some guests to do interesting discussions as well um yeah I mean, I think I think we've set the scene for upcoming Woo-hoo. episodes quite well. Woo! Yeah, <laughs> and this has been a long time coming. You know, yeah. I know that some people who who are going to listen to this podcast are friends of ours, and oh, I, I've been talking. Hi, friends. <laughs> Hi, friends. Uh, look, mom on TV. Uh, you know, we've been talking about doing this podcast forever, and life and responsibilities and schedules, you know, and time zones lining up. And here we are. That's finally yeah, time and, zones especially. Yeah. And, we go there and I think that this is going to be exciting. So I hope you, the listener come along with us and uh, learn along with us. We're not experts. We're just people that like doing this. We like making music, recording music, working with others to make music at the end of the day. It's art and it's subjective Mm -hmm. and there's no right or wrong. Yeah. I mean, I don't like the new Beatles single. There we go. I said it. It's out there. (laughs) It's I've only listened to it once. It sounds okay. I I haven't internalized it yet. The the drums and the and the and the bass sound very modern. Um where I thought that too. I thought that it sounded it, it, it sounded disproportionately um modern and clean. Um, but then you've got, you know, but it is a product of this era now, really. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's you, phenomenal technology. It's just incredible oh, yeah. what they've been able well, to do. With, with AI, with they were able to do. separate the piano and from the voice. Yeah, on yeah. on just a cassette recording. That's that's amazing. <laughs> I mean, so, what other what other bands can we resurrect from the dead now? Right, <laughs> all of them, um, basically. <laughs> oh, that sounds scary. <laughs> Well, that's another <laughs> podcast topic for sure. Yeah. Did you, um, I'm going to put you on the spot now, Nate. Did you have that list of topics that we thought we might cover? I can get it really quick. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't worry. I can always edit this out. <laughs> yeah, we'll edit it out. I think I have it. Nobody somewhere. edits anything on a podcast. I should have brought it up on my screen, but I did not. I just thought we could line up, a, you know, just go through a few of the topics we thought we might I'm discuss gonna... in future episodes. I would do, but I'm the least organized of all of us, clearly, yeah. and I don't. All right, so here we go. So uh, I'll go down the list of, of some of these topics. Uh, self-mastering. Should you even bother mastering your own music, or should you always hire a mastering engineer? Oh, good topic. Uh, do you need to work with a producer? Same kind of idea, you know. Mm-hmm. The DIY musician, That is that is the the core of, of musicianship today is doing it all yourself. We have the technology, we have the capability of having a world-class studio that, you know, takes up a, a one foot 
by one foot footprint on our desk, right? We mm-hmm. have everything we need. But if you're working in, in your own vacuum, are you really getting the most out of your music? Um, workflows, analog versus in the box versus hybrid. Compression. To compress, compress or not, or not to, to compress. compress. When to compress, maybe, as well. When like, to compress. Do you compress, compress on the way in? Do you compress, um, like, you mix it in the box with compression? Or, you know, do you wait or to... Or how about just the simple, what is compression? Yeah. Right? Because that that trips people up. Um, EQing. Well, how to EQ? What types of EQ should... There's no endless supply of EQs out there. I mean, literally throw a rock and you're going to hit an EQ. Um, which one do you use? Right. So that, that is, we could talk about that for days. Ooh, mastering and services. Yeah. Human versus, versus AI. AI. Yeah. Like, what a machines topic. are out to get us. Yeah. Oh, I like the next one. <laughs> I like the next one too. Saturated market. How to get people to hear your music. That's um, one I think that you'll shine on Neil. Cause I mean, cause like one of the biggest things, like if you're going to, if you're going to like do music, if you're going to create music out there, like get a band together, just, just go out there and play it, get, get people to listen to it. Um, I, I I'm, I'm just in a cover band, but, <laughs> but well, do some covers and do your- is there are people that are making just tons of money and, and getting tons of listeners through simple uh, TikTok videos mm-hmm. right and and making music specifically for that they don't probably I, I can't speak for any of them but i imagine that a lot of them have no desire to go on tour but they can make music all day long in their home studio and it's reaching millions mm-hmm. of people yeah yeah through modern platforms so i mean yeah there's that that's something I that was completely al- i will always recommend 20 years ago oh yeah absolutely and i, I will always recommend hey Get your music out there to, in front of people because getting like it's one thing to listen to it in a car once and then like some people may save it to a playlist or whatnot. And then it's another thing to actually go to a venue and hear somebody, even if it's just a little coffee shop, four people there who, you know, yeah. you, you just you, you, you start you just got to start, you know, if you've got an album and you just put it out or an EP. Uh, learn some covers and get about 30, 40 songs together of, of covers and your stuff and just go out there and play. I know that's, that seems like a lot of songs, <laughs> but uh, you know, cause you got to fill three hours usually and the, or, or actually the better thing to do would be to start off at like um, open mics, jam sessions, stuff like that. Yeah. Start, start bringing your songs to that um, and then start building a portfolio of songs and then, Maybe get some gigs here and there. Maybe once a month go out there and then, you know, start a Facebook page, have people follow you. And um, yeah, I, I know several people that that's what they do. That's all they do is they don't do covers, actually. They just, they do their own stuff. They have Spotify and they have thousands of listeners. Yeah. And that's because they get out there and they present their music to people. And people Definitely, love yeah. that. People Definitely love, quite, love that. Great topic. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh I, I just saw this on uh on Twitter the other day and not, not anything new and I'm not claiming to to have written this at all, but you're not going to get your 100th listener or 1000th listener by not releasing anything, by not mm-hmm. putting yourself out exactly. there. Exactly. 
you're not going to reach your 100th episode of your podcast if you don't release your first episode. Exactly. Right? exactly. So that is yeah. that is the the uh, a real fundamental sort of first step for anybody, um, mm-hmm. especially uh, us when we started with Home Studio Corner. You're not going to make your hundredth song unless you release your first one. Exactly. And it's gonna sound like shit. Yeah, but you gotta oh, yeah. do it, and you have to and stick a fork in it and say it's done and move on. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, when and that's another topic. When is your music done? When is you it know? done? When, when, when should is it you done? move on because to the next project? You right. can work on your song until you leave this earth. What is yeah. it? When is it done? Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and the even, great thing is we've got lots of topics that we can go through, and uh, and oh, yeah. I mean, it'd be great if people are listening to the podcast and have got a topic they want us to talk about i'm sure there's a way they can write in oh I'm we sure have a new email address right we have an email address oh look uh, at you boys i told you you were organized we'll, <laughs> we'll put the email address in the show notes um and you can uh send us a line tell us what you think of the podcast do you love it do you hate it what do you want to hear because we're open to suggestions the email address is sound discussion podcast at gmail.com drop us a line we'd love to hear from you very slickly done, my friend. Very nice. Slick. Nice. <laughs> my radio days are paying off. <laughs> yes, I guess I forgot that part about myself. Uh, from the beginning, I did college radio. Um, well, I also forgot about the live music part on my on my. <laughs> I'm sure we'll learn more about all of us. Yeah, we'll we learn more that. about ourselves. But I think for for the first episode, um, I hope the listener uh, and, and all of us, I hope we enjoyed this because. I definitely want to keep doing this, and I hope that you, the listener, want to keep joining us. However often we release this, I guess we haven't determined that yet, monthly, bi-monthly, probably not weekly. Um, <laughs> almost certainly not weekly. Almost Let's, certainly yeah, not weekly. Let's put a fork in that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I hope you come back. I hope that, that you find Same. this discussion to be entertaining, educational, fun, uh, other adjectives you'd like to uh, include, drop us a line in an email and let us know. Um, yeah. So what, what are we calling this uh, podcast? Sound discussion? Oh, it's called Sound Discussion. Nice. Yeah, I didn't know if we wanted to call it uh, two, two Beautiful Blokes and a, a Florida Man. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll stick with Sound Discussion. Yeah, I, I think, think, we'll it's, sound I think it's, that's, uh, that's what it says on the tin. Yeah. yeah. Um, good try, Neil. Um, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I guess that brings us to the end of episode one. Probably wraps it up. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Ben, Neil, thanks for, uh, flying in virtually to this, uh, to this platform here. Um, looking forward to it. Going to be good. We'll, uh, we'll get this. I'll get, I'll get this all edited. We'll sound great in the end, boys. Don't worry. All right. The the wonders of editing. (laughs) Nice. All right, I guess that's it. Okay, that's it. Uh, Thanks for joining us. All right, we'll see you guys later. Thank you for listening to Sound Discussion. Your hosts are Ben Holmes, Neil Merchant, and me, Nate Kelms. Our theme song is composed and recorded by Jojo Timmerman. You can find us on the internet at sounddiscussionpodcast.com 
Or you can drop us a line at sounddiscussionpodcast at gmail.com. Additional show notes for this episode can be found on our website or in the description area of your podcast player. A big thank you to our guest for taking the time to chat with us today, and to you, the listener, for taking time out of your busy schedule to be part of our discussion. We look forward to having you join us again next month on another episode of Sound Discussion. <laughs>